It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, 2017 Teen Choice Awards third place finisher and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Welcome to the show. So glad to be with you and so glad to be talking about this topic again uh, of deadlines and timelines. And uh, it, you, for some of you, it may be a little bit of a repeat but the reason I think it's so important is that this is one of the most underused and under, underestimated aspects of recruiting, that if you do it properly, there are some real advantages to you. And we're going to talk to a coach who is kind of in, a, I would say, a very typical situation, which is why I invited him to be a part of the podcast. And I'm very glad that he's here because it gives us an opportunity to kind of talk about this and for the people that listen to the podcast, the other coaches learn from it. Um, but the, the, the situation is you know, there's a lot of uh, schools, there's a lot of coaches and programs that think, I just don't know how to implement a deadline when we have all these things stacked up against me. We're not a huge D1. We don't have a, a roster of full ride scholarships to give. And so what do you do if we can't give everything? How in the world could we set a deadline? And that sort of introduces at least the, the topic or, or the context for why we're talking uh, to this coach who joins us now. So coach, thank you for being a part of this. Uh, we're going to, of course, keep your your name and your school and everything uh, anonymous, but uh, thanks for being here. And I guess maybe let's start with the, the email that you sent. Um, and just, I'll, I'll say, anybody can send an email, dan at dantutor.com. And sometimes it's just a quick, easy answer. And other times like this, it's more complicated. And so this would have been a very long email to answer, which is why we're going to just have a conversation. Uh, but coach, why don't you read the email or, or at least give us a sense of, of the questions that you asked and then we're gonna sort of dissect it and go through it and uh, we'll, uh, we'll kind of start like that. Yeah, sounds great. And again, thank you so much for all that you're doing with this podcast, all the training. Thank you for responding to my email. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I have to say too, for people that are not gonna show the video of this, but this coach has a killer setup um, you know, just audio and everything. He's got the mic, the headphones. He's he's a, a pro from doing some YouTube stuff uh, pre-coaching. So uh, he is set up, and I am admiring his setup quite a bit. So just with that being said, Coach, go ahead and uh, <laughs> yeah. let's get into the email. Yeah. So this is the start of my second year coaching lacrosse. Uh, I had a lot to learn and still have a ton to learn as a coach and coaching the sport. Uh, but I focused heavily on the coaching part last year and put recruiting kind of on the back, uh, you know, the back burner and we're kind of paying heavily for that. And so we don't have a, a full roster this year. Um, and so I was wondering how do I put recruiting dates, you know, timelines on recruits that we're trying to get to come here now. And then the second question that I kind of had to go along with that is that our roster has never been full. We, you know, have a certain number that we want to get to, and we've been close a year or two, but usually we fall short five to 10, you know, players that we really want. So I was wondering, how do I honestly state a firm date to wrap up recruiting when we always have slots open and we usually get, you know, late comers in the fall and even late comers in the spring. So how do I put a deadline? for these late recruits and not be deceiving or dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And and should say mention too, that this comes as a, a question or as a follow-up after listening to, I think it was episode 113, Correct. 113 
Um, so if, if anybody's listening, uh, you can uh, you can go back and listen to that. We might even link to it in the show notes so that that's easy to, to get to. So first thing, um, whenever I talk to a coach who believes or sort of feels like, wait, how do I do this? Because there's just not a uh, either a lot that we can offer or we're not that maybe the program isn't so in demand that I feel like I could offer a deadline. The, the first thing that I will say is that you as a coach, every coach out there has to understand the psychology and the the the, or the mental state of a, rec- a recruit in the middle of the decision-making process. So, Coach, I would have you go back to when you were 17 years old, you were looking to play college lacrosse, you were, um, you know, at, at whatever level it ended up being, you thought maybe you were pretty good, or at least your you and your parents maybe thought, well, we've done club, we've done the travel, we've invested in something into this. And the reason I mention that is usually kids will tell us that when they're deciding, uh, first of all, they usually will admit, I sort of was over projecting where I could actually play. Um, because my club coach was telling me things, my high school coach, private coach, whatever the, the situation or the sport, they're getting some some feedback like you're really good and you played for us and so shoot high and of course every club coach and even some high school coaches want their kids to go d1 d2 because that looks great for the next round of you know club <laughs> club uh, members that are going to come in if you can put it on the website that we had all these all these players all these athletes go to division one so there is kind of this thing that that before the the recruiting process even happens they're conditioned to almost say um, I deserve the best. I want the best. And now I have to figure out who's the best, which gets into the second area of, of these kids. Again, in, any coach list, list, that's listening to this could put themselves in this position or remember back when they were getting recruited. You have a very limited amount of time to figure all this out. And you also have a very limited amount of information if you're that prospect. So the prospects that you're recruiting right now, coach, are going in with that mental state of mind that I just mentioned, and their parents are too, and their parents, it matters to them where they go. It matters to them what they're going to be able to tell their friends and everything, uh, where their their son or their daughter competed in, in college and, and committed to. So when they go in and they're trying to figure out which program do I want, they're going to go, what I would describe as at a very base level, uh, which is, uh, either who's going to give me the most, who's the biggest, who's the biggest conference, um, who has the stature, where am I going to uh, feel like I, I've put all this work in and this is a place where it's going to pay off. That's Those are some of just the base human ways we're going to make a, a quick decision without you know, limited, uh, without you know, detailed information. We're going to do it in a very limited way. So as they're going in, the first thing that they are going to listen to is that first contact from a coach, or at least the initial conversations from a coach. In every sport, there's, there's, uh, there are programs and coaches that immediately will demand attention, that you don't have to justify yourself, you don't, and you might be there someday. But, but every, there's that, that select group of coaches or programs in each sport that once you get a message from them, an email, a letter, phone call, text, social media, whatever it is. I don't need to justify it. So if I'm a football player, if Alabama contacts me, I don't need to understand more about Alabama. It's already sort of in the atmosphere why I should be excited about that. Um, Mississippi State, if I'm a baseball player right now, that's going to be a a destination spot. Um, And you can go on down the list. Um, 
So those coaches don't need to justify themselves. And you know what? I'm going to sort of respond to coach. You tell me what to do at that big school and it's great. And you're talking to me, you tell me what to do and I'm going to jump. I'll, you say jump, I'll say how high on the way up. And I don't need to do anything that it's going to drive itself. For the other 99.5% of programs, we can't do that. There's no way to do that because, wait, who are you? I've never heard of you. What division level? Or even if you're division one, division two, um, you're, but you're not offering all full rides or whatever the situation is, we need some justification. And that's in the vast majority of, of cases. So when we go through this process and the recruit is trying to make this decision, my first piece of advice into sort of cracking this code for you and for any other coach is, and this is probably something you've heard a little bit in episode 113, which is you have to fake it a little bit with that prospect. I need to, as a coach, appear more of a wanted program maybe than actually I am. Why is that? And I, by the way, I say that it's not that you're lying to them. I'm not going to say make up things to justify that. But it's more of the attitude, it's more of things like a timeline and a deadline that will communicate non-verbally to the athlete that, okay, this, this athlete or this coach uh, is you know, serious about me. I am getting you know, direction. There is a limited amount of time, which if, if there's a limited amount of time in the form of a deadline or you've expressed a timeline for this decision-making, I know that I can't just say, oh, well, they'll wait and you know, I'll take my time. They'll be the backup choice. Um, if I if I have some sort of deadline timeline in place, then it shows that somebody's in control. And this is it goes back to a, a concept that we've taught really for two decades, which is this is a sales process. You you are selling the opportunity to come to for them to come and be a part of your roster. In any sales situation, there is a buyer and a seller. And so you are obviously the seller in this scenario. And with that, somebody has to control the process. So if I go into Best Buy and I'm shopping for a new TV, I am totally in control of that situation. I can walk around. Even if somebody comes up, hey, can I help you look? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm just looking. Okay. And they back off. They go away. And then I approach them when I'm ready to get something or if I have a question. So the buyer in that situation is in charge. Um, of course, when you go and you're shopping for a car, totally the sales process, the, 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 the seller is in control and they have to guide you through a series of steps and things they want you to do and you follow along because somebody's leading it. So somebody has to lead this. It's either the buyer or the seller, or in this situation, it's either the coach or the athlete and their family and you know, throwing some crazy parents with you know, not realistic expectations or, or you know, real, reality-based assessments of their, their son or their daughter uh, in the mix. And in, so if somebody has to control the situation, I vote for the coach, uh, which means that uh, you have to do things like what we're talking about here, setting up a timeline or a deadline. Uh, when you don't, you put them in control and what happens um, are you, you're going to approach them and you're going to be enthusiastic and you're going to try to sell the school. But if I know, or if it's any way in communication during the, uh, during the recruiting process, if I have picked up that there's anything that's been said or inferred, like, Hey, take your time. We know you got a lot of choices. We're here. Um, you just go out, look around, but you know, we're going to keep recruiting you, but Oh yeah, you got, you know, just take your time. 
Whenever I hear that as a prospect, and prospects tell us this all the time, the second you say that, now you're my backup choice because, well, if you'll take me at any time, that means you'll take anybody at any time. And do I want to go to a program having worked as hard as I have? Don't want to go to a program that that uh, you know that that does that. And most of the time, the answer is no. And of course, there's exceptions to every rule, but especially for the better athletes, they want to go to a place that is again they're they're being directed. Um, because it's too easy. Give us any, in any sales situation, if somebody gives us more time to make a decision, you know, instead of making it now, hey, you know, why don't you take a week and think about it? I'll do, if, if I'm unsure if it's a tough decision, or if I think even if I should buy that, but I, I'm not quite sure yet, you give me more time, okay. So we don't want to do that. We can't do that. I don't know, rephrase it. We actually want to do it because as coaches, we're good people and we want to, you know, we understand the, the stress of the situation but we can't do it or else it, our program suffers. And so with that as the context, are you with me so far? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, and I will, I, you will do more talking, I promise. I just have to um, sort of lay this out at, at the start. So without a deadline or a timeline, now there's no context, there's no, um, the way I describe it to coaches is there's no sidelines, there's no clock. I have no way of measuring where are we at in this in this contest, in this competition, in this game, and I need them to understand there there is a finite way to make the decision. There's a finite uh, amount of time to make this decision, because when you do that, the first thing it communicates is strength. And when we aren't a strong program or a well-known program or a coach with a 30-year reputation of winning conference titles and a few national championships or whatever it is, I need to build out as much strength as I can because, again, understanding the psychology of the kid, I have to know how to pick the right program. And I pick the right program by who's the strongest because that's going to make me look good, make my parents happy. And even if I'm not happy there when I get there and I transfer after a year or two because it was a totally wrong choice, I want to go to a program that's stronger. And I say that a lot of kids opt for anything at the highest division level or highest conference within a division simply because they want to look good at their signing ceremony. Parents are going to be happy. They're going to be able to brag. And then you actually have to go to school there. You have to compete there. You have to go live there. And that's when it's sort of, wait a minute, this isn't so good. <laughs> wait, what, what did I do? This is a horrible mistake. Coach doesn't want me now. You know, not as friendly as they were in recruiting. Now they're actually coaching me. And so that's why the transfer portal is, is overflowing. So um, that's later on in the process. We have to get the decision first. And I want you to tell the truth about your school, but it, it has to have the context. And the first context we have to give that athlete is here's the starting point. I saw you this summer. I'm interested. We're going to start recruiting you. And now we go to the end. So look, we're not going to pressure you. Um, you have eight months, 12 months, 14 months to make this decision, whatever it is. But we're going to be wrapping up for our program. We know we're going to be wrapping up recruiting around February of your senior year or this coming March or in three months, whatever it is. I need to give them the beginning and I need to tell them here's where the end is. Then I would ask them, so look, does that sound good to you? Sound like enough you know, time to make this decision? Usually the coach gets the response, oh yeah, that's fine coach, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll have enough time then. 
Now we have a little verbal contract. So we've established here's the beginning, here's the end. And, and does that sound good? Yes, it does. Okay, great. Now we have a basis for operating. We have a, we sort of have set the rules of the game and they can of course try to change it at the end, but now they're going back on something they agreed to. And what I've just described doesn't happen probably in nine out of 10 recruiting situations uh, at all levels. I mean, even division one levels, it surprises me how, you know, coaches really don't set deadlines. And we've worked with a lot of, I'll say big time division one coaches at big time colleges that struggle with this, that have never really had, you know, thought of doing it. Um, when they do, things really start clicking. And the same can work at other division levels. It really doesn't matter. It's, it's sort of a universal thing that works because every athlete, whether it's a D1 or an NAIA kid, makes their decision and thinks of themselves pretty much the same way. Um, and so if you, if you set up that context, then at least it gives you that, that base of, of operations. So I'm gonna pause there for a second because I know I rambled a lot and threw a lot out there. What follow-up or where, where do you see that being hard in your situation at your school? Because whatever you mentioned, I think other coaches are probably thinking that too. And, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, think about those situations that I just brought up. Where would you have the problem or where, where do you think that would be impossible or, or hard to do given your school, coach? Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess just quickly, so I don't forget, I mean, I mm -hmm. should have been writing these questions down. I hey, hey, two, two questions that um, came up and one of them leads into the question that you just asked me. Uh, so one question you talked about uh, trying to not be like the nice coach, right? Like we want to set a, a, tam a timeline. We don't want to be their backup plan. Um, but you've mentioned in previous podcasts, about like when we are addressing or contacting these recruits that we can in some way or fashion say, Hey, I know you have other top choices. We're okay with being, being like on the bottom, you know, the bottom of the list, but over time we believe that, um, we will be your top choice. Right. So I, I'm one question is how does that kind of, uh, work with what you were saying about, we don't want to be the backup plan. We right. want to be, have a strong. And then the other question that came up um, now, well, I think I'm trying to answer your question. I, I feel like it would work with our program um, in the sense of like, maybe each individual kind of has their own individual timeline, maybe depending on where we're at and when we're contacting them, I think I could be honest with the recruit. Maybe that's a senior right now. He hasn't committed anywhere we want hopefully at least four to five months to try to recruit them. So like from right now, like, Hey, we're going to be wrapping up our recruiting process air quotes with you in five months, but we could still be recruiting maybe others past that or something. Right. Does that, does that kind of answer what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Well, so let's go through those two. And the first question I have to say is really a solid, good question because it seems like, the two things we're presenting this timeline deadline concept and but we also want to be uh nice and maybe uh, you know tell them you know we might be the backup choice right now um it seems to like be antithetical like there's th those two shouldn't go together um but just like a reese's peanut butter cup they actually do um the chocolate and the peanut butter do go together um so it's delicious so it is and and so 
Um, it's interesting. First, the word that you used was we want to be the nice coach. I mean, I, I think we all want to be nice. Um, I want to be nice, but firm. I want to be nice, but look and, and almost say, we know you have a big decision to make, you know, but here's how it is for us. You know, here's when we wrap up and I wish I could give you more time, but this is when it's going to end. So I'm just going to let you know now because I want to make sure we're really interested in you. I like what I saw um, or we've been having great conversations, but, you know, just to let you know, we're probably going to be wrapped up here in the next six months or, you know, mid to late June or whatever it is. Your timeline is your timeline. There's no right or wrong. As I've told coaches, it's really what you want. And when you feel like you're going to have enough time, you're going to be uh, in line with where your competition is bringing in recruits. Um, so nice. I, we, we can be nice and also firm at the same time. Um, so when we say, you know, so you have a kid that would be perfect for your school, perfect for your conference, division level, everything, no matter what division level that is. And they say, well, coach, thanks. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I got a letter or an email from this, this, and this school, and they're better. And so those are my top choices. If, if that's, and you have kids that will say that right at the start. If I hear that as a coach, my, my reaction is, I, you know, that's fine. You've got, I was the same way. The school I, you know, ended up, going and competing for it was my third or fourth ranked school at the time it turns out they were number you know they were the right fit so i don't i i want to communicate as a coach i don't mind if you have other kids on your list and i don't mind if we're not number one on the list um it's okay by the end of it we're gonna well, i know this is gonna be the place you're gonna choose and again what am i doing there i'm sort of drawing a line in the sand and saying we're a strong program you should want to be here as the athlete, not knowing anything about you, hearing that bold statement, I, most of them would be kind of intrigued about that. Um, you might, if you get the comeback, no, coach, you don't understand. You're in the wrong part of the country. I don't want to go to school there. I will only, if I don't play at this certain conference, this division, I'm not going to play my sport. All right, well, then you have a decision. Maybe you stop recruiting that athlete, or at least don't put him or her on a, you know, on a top list that I expect to get. But I want to, I, I don't want to um, tell them that, first of all, their other choices are bad or that they shouldn't look at them um, because now you've just insulted me as the prospect and I don't, you know, what do you mean I shouldn't want those schools? Or I don't, I never want a negative recruit because now you're criticizing my choices. So um, again, stating I'm okay with being the backup plan, what it does is sort of brings the wall down for the prospect and I might go in thinking at the start, hey, okay, good, I got a backup school. Now, there's a whole lot of work that encompassed, you know, the other 130 or so podcasts that we've done that happen after establishing the deadline and working within that to make them more focused on, on you. But we can do that. But what I need them to understand is that we're going to move forward. Here's how. Um, and I, you've got all these other schools. Hey, yeah, those, and, and Coach Smith over there, he's great. And, you know, go on down the list, compliment them. All that being said, I know at the end, we're going to be the, the right school for you. But let's just you talk about that. And by the way, and so you tell me who else you're visiting. I'm not going to care. It's not going to affect us wanting you or not. When I hear that as a prospect, which understand they almost never hear from a coach, 
Um, and that's why they don't tell coaches the truth about who they're actually looking at, or there's a new school that popped onto my list, or here's where I've already visited. They keep all that close. Why? Because I don't want to be criticized. I don't want you to get on to me. I don't want you to pressure me to stop looking at them. And you're only going to look at us. Um, none of us like that. The kids don't. So I actually, that's one thing since you brought it up that I'd throw out there and I would encourage you to throw out because I've now heard from a coach that is going to strongly guide me. They've told me everything that's going to happen. That's It's fair. I've got nine months to make this decision. They told me that they don't mind. I'm looking at other schools. They've complimented the other coach. Okay. Wow. So I mean, I haven't heard that as a recruit from any other coach probably. And now you've intrigued me simply by the fact that you've approached this in a totally different way. Um, and you sound strong, you sound confident. And all of a sudden, if you've noticed, what have we talked about your record or how long have you been coaching or how many championships has the program won? All that starts to dissolve away or get into the background because now I'm just dealing with somebody that, right, oh, you're doing it the right way. You're doing it the way we as a prospect want this to be done. And I'll say this too, uh, and then we'll talk about your your next question. Um, all this information, all this these recommendations that we make are based on literally thousands and thousands of recruits who just made their decision at the client with the clients that we work with that we get to do focus groups with that once they get on campus about how they made their decision. So all this is based on what they've told us. It's not my opinion. It's not me versus you or any other coach. I'm just deferring to what the kids tell us. Here's how to do it. And I think that's why uh, it, it works. We'll be back to the show in a minute. But first, have you heard about Busy Coach? It's the organizational resource college coaches rely on from Mandy Green, our trusted voice when it comes to running your program, creating more time in your day, and becoming a better leader. After the podcast is over, head over to busy.coach and find out about all the tools she's giving coaches around the country. And now, back to the show. I'm going to encourage you to have a program-wide deadline timeline that you can then make exceptions for individually. So you went out and recruited this summer, or I mean, we're still early enough in the fall as we record this, that even if you're in process with the kids, you can go in and tell them, hey, look, we've still got, you know, been great talking to you. I, I'm sort of looking ahead of when we're going to be wrapping up recruiting, and that's probably going to be, I'm just going to throw, you know, random dates. So it's going to be four, four and a half months from now. Let's say it's mid, mid to late February. That's probably when we're going to wrap up. Now, as you say that, you might think, I know we're not going to be wrapped up then. Um, that's insane to go that early. Um, but I want to, I want to voice that to them. And I would do it for everybody for the simple fact that, and I, I don't know how many coaches you have on your staff, but let's assume that it's, you have a coach is listening to this, that it's just one, it's you and a part-time assistant. I don't have the, the collective organizational, you know, uh, process internally to manage 23 or 67 different timelines that, because that's that's hard to do. And the other thing that happens is that if one prospect finds out they have a different timeline from the next prospect, well, what the heck, coach? Why is he getting a month and a half longer? Um, that means sort of the whole idea of our program wraps up around this time falls away. Why? Okay, so why him, not me? And okay, well, you can have another month and a half too. 
okay, well, now what you've told me is that you weren't telling me the truth. There isn't, you know, it's just a fake deadline. And we, so we don't want that. So it needs to be something program wide. What it is completely up to you. There can't stress enough. There is no right or wrong timeline. Pet coaches say, well, do I need to give them at least six months? If you want, but it's not, it's not going to change when they will make a decision whenever it is you say time's up. Do you want to be a part of our roster or not? And, and again, if you, here's where the individual exception might come in. If you heard a kid say, coach, I know you'd said this. And I said, that was going to be fair, completely right. Um, my dad's insisting I go and take a look at this other school one more time because he didn't get a chance to go on the first visit with me. I really want to go to your school, but I got to go to this with him. That's in two and a half weeks. Can I just have that two and a half, three weeks? And then if I do that, then I, I'll give you my official decision. If I'm the coach and there's some reason behind it, I'll say, yeah, I'll hold that spot for two and a half, three more weeks for you. Um, but it's on an individual case-by-case -case basis. And I have to have a good reason. If I have the athlete say, hey, coach, you know, I thought I was going to be ready. I'm just not quite ready. Um, can I just have a little more time? Maybe just like, you know, two or three weeks to think about it. In that case, my answer is going to be no. That, that would be my recommended reaction because what's they're also saying along with that is that it's not you coach and so if you've done everything that we suggest doing and you've told the story and you've been consistent and you've you know they've been to campus they've applied they've been accepted they know what their financial or full ride you know athletic scholarship package is or whatever they have the details i just don't know it's right yet they're not going to be there they're they're probably going to say no and Again, if you're going to get a no, this goes back to this, the, the whole timeline deadline thing. I want to make sure that I'm the one that says no to them. For this reason, this sort of like completes the loop that when I, and, and by the way, you will say no to a lot of kids. You will walk away from a lot of kids. And um, if you go through this process and you ask them the right way at the end and they still say, I can't make a decision or coach, just need more time. And you have to say no to them. The comfort that I give coaches is they were never going to say yes to you. And the ones that would have are not going to be happy there. They weren't, you weren't the first choice. And that's not how we've seen coaches build great programs. Um, so, so again, that's, that's the, the comfort that I give, uh, that I give a coach. Um, so anyway, that's, that's sort of the, the, the thing that, that again, closes the loop is you walking away and saying no, because in your sport, as well as many other sports, that gets back to the club coach or the high school coach. Wait a minute. They said no to you. That, that program, that coach said no to you. Um, yeah, they said they were starting to wrap up and, you know, didn't, you know, I, I needed more time or whatever they tell the coach. What you've now done is you have said to that, uh, that club coach, that high school coach, we're not the backup school. We are fine with walking away because I, the next round, the next year, I want that club coach to say, Hey, you know, so coach so at the program, he's interested to you. That's great. Just let you know that they, they walked, they wrapped up recruiting and walked away from so-and-so who was here last year. So, you know, you're going to have time, but they walked away and I want to slowly, but consistently take the, image away of us being the backup nothing little program and again there's d1s that are in that in that uh, category too and i want to put us into the place of priority 
we're fine with saying no to kids because we got a lot of kids that want to be here. And the secret is maybe we don't have a lot of kids that want to be here, but I want to give that perception that we're a destination program. Kids want to be here. Um, we want you and we're going to go through and we're going to give you time. We're going to be fair, but you know, it's, it's going to be a time to decide if you're okay. If, if you're not there yet, then, then, you know, we walk away. Um, so that sort of answers your two questions, or at least how I would answer them. Um, that walking away part, I think, from your email uh, sort of sticking out to me now because you have a numbers, you know, thing that you're trying to reach and you want enough players on the team in your, in your program and everything. Um, so how, how do you feel about the idea of walking away and your list at that point might be um, still, you know, 20 short of what it needs to be? Um, I mean, I... I think it will, will be tough, but I, I, I really believe what you're saying in the sense that it can help us build a reputation of being a destination program that we're not just some backup school. So I, I can firmly believe that. I think it will be kind of, kind of tough at first, especially if the person, you know, at least athletically could really, you know, impact, um, the team and maybe, you know, our record or, you know, you know, how yeah. we do. So that, that would be tough. I do just kind of have, I guess, a follow-up with yeah. that. And this probably goes to at least one of one part goes to the individual basis. If I am talking to a recruit and they've said they are talking to other schools and they want to make their decision earlier than our timeline, does that mean we just have to somehow strategically crunch in our story faster? Yeah. So great question. Um, this timeline and the deadline for making a decision or we're going to be wrapped up with recruiting. Um, and I'm glad you brought this up because I should have mentioned it earlier. That is the latest point that they could make the decision. That is the very latest time before the, you know, you score with one second left. The score counts, but could have happened earlier too. And ideally it should, could have, would have happened earlier. Um, so when I, in that in that nine month period or twelve month period, whatever it is, I as the coach, once I am ready, I've seen enough. They've they've shown me what they can do. I know they'll fit. I want this athlete. The second you feel that way, don't care if they haven't applied yet or they haven't been to campus yet or whatever point in the process. When they when you feel that way, that's when I as a coach would say, hey. Just to let you know, I saw you again last weekend. Love this and this about you. Um, here's how you fit into our plan. Um, I want you here. So I just want to let you know, I, are you feeling like you'd be ready to verbally commit and, and you know, come, come compete for us? Now, different situations, different schools. Maybe they don't have their offer yet from you as a maybe a full or a partial scholarship. Maybe they need academically to make sure they can get in. Maybe they haven't been to campus yet. Whatever the things are, doesn't matter. Because all you're asking is, how are you feeling? Are you ready for this? The athlete might say, oh, wow, coach, thanks, but no, I haven't been to campus yet. Oh, you're right. We haven't been to campus. Okay, so let's let's get that scheduled. That that should be something that that you know we do. And that's fair. You know, if you should you should come see campus, I can show you the facilities and we can talk and everything. Okay, so what's just happened? You've asked, which maybe you're the first coach that's asked them. I, I want to be the first coach that's asked them. 
never a bad thing. And now I move on to, now I need to come to campus. Well, what do most coaches want to have happen in the process? They want the athletes to come to campus. That's sometimes how we achieve that, especially at a school that's not one of those headline schools. The other 99.5% of schools have to create a reason to come to campus. And sometimes we hear from prospects that when they got asked to come to, to commit and they realized they hadn't visited campus, that was the motivation to come to campus. Because right now, like we go back to the start of our conversation, why do I want to go to your school again? What the program, the school, why, you know, why would I want to go visit there? It's just another school that, you know, in my mind, I haven't heard of, right? There's no perception positive uh, about it. Now there's a reason to go to the school. And you hear parents, well, parents will tell us that when that school was showed that they were that serious about them, um, we needed to put them that school on the list, which gets into this other aspect of they're doing this evaluation. They're trying to figure out who they pay attention to. A good athlete's probably going to have multiple schools contacting them. And when, um, so then it's, now we have, we need to boil it down to a finite list. So we can't go visit all 15 schools you got a letter from or an email from. We can maybe go to four or three or five. Which ones? And now I have to figure out which ones. And usually that's, I make that decision not wisely as a parent or, or an athlete. So I want one of the reasons, well, I got to go there because the coach already asked me to commit. He's that serious about me. If that's what gets them on to the next step, then I want to I want to use that. If they're valuing that, and I know that they do, let's use that in our arsenal of getting them step by step closer to committing to our school, um, or at least keeping us in 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 the game. So um, that's the other reason I think it's important is that it moves the process along. And um, yeah, so you were talking about you also like the. Um, you know, that, that star player walking away and that would be tough to lose somebody deadline that, you know, kid legitimately could end up at your school, but is getting, maybe they're waiting for another, you know, top schools in your conference to make a decision or another division level, um, whatever the situation. And we walk away. Um, when we ask athletes about that, um, that, you know, would you have gone to the school that, you know, was either low on your list or, you know, that um, you, uh, you know, didn't have a good perception of, but you wanted to keep on your list. And almost always the answer is no, I wouldn't, I, I really wasn't ever going to go there. But I don't, I also, as the athlete, don't like taking a school off my list. I like putting on Instagram, blessed to receive another offer, or here I am on another visit, look at me. And what I'm doing is I'm doing that for all the coaches I wish were recruiting me. And maybe they'll get interested if they see how many other coaches want me. And that's part of the game they're playing. Don't fault them for it. That's what they have to do. Um, but I don't what, – what we've known is that good players, good athletes, good prospects that are going to help a team, um, if they aren't going to respond to the decision – uh, of, of going there based on something I knew six months earlier and now it's time to make that decision and I'm just not ready. What I'm saying as an athlete is, and their parents as well, collectively they're saying, you know what, nice school and I wish you'd stay on my list, but you're not really a priority. So I don't, there's no pain in me not getting recruited by you anymore. 
Why? Because I was never going to go there in the first place. And so this is the other part of that's really important for coaches like yourself that are building a program. I can't have, I can't wait for that athlete because I've got to, in fact, I, not only can't I wait for that athlete, I have to get him or her off the list as soon as possible because if they're not going to get here, I got to get on to the next kid that is going to be here. And, you know, so that star player, that great prospect, um, if they've gone to the campus, you've consistently communicated with them, you told them, you know, here's your plan. I've, you know, we know what that's all about. Hey, you got a good financial package from the school or you've got this scholarship money coming from athletics. It all stacks up and they still say, eh, I'm not sure. They're not coming to your school. And so the other part that we're using here is when we have a deadline and an established timeline, um, we know, and you've seen it happen too with, with kids and, and other coaches, where you're recruiting an athlete, sort of flip it around, you're recruiting an athlete that's really good, you're in the hunt, but you've been patient, you haven't really pressed for anything, and they say, hey coach, just you know, let you know, um, you know, it'd been great to talk to you. Really like your program and your visit was fantastic. But I went over here and this coach told me, you know, they needed a decision. I had to commit. And so I, I committed to them. So I'm just letting you know. Okay. What, what we're seeing and what we see all the time is that when a coach directs an athlete in the recruiting process to make a decision, whether it's a yes or a no, they usually make that decision. So, Part of this is about putting coaches, you specifically, since we're talking right now, in control of the process as opposed to, oh, you need more time? Okay, well, I'll call, let's, let's talk in a week or two, we'll see how you're feeling. Because that's when, I mean, coaching really sucks at that point, when it's 15 kids saying, okay, yeah, well, we'll talk you know, another week or two, I just need some more time, coach. That's frustrating because now the clock is really ticking and you're getting nervous because I want these kids, but I got these other kids too that are, I'm going to lose them if I don't get these. And that's what programs don't build, coaching careers end, um, stress increases. It's just not fun. So, um, and none of that has probably happened to you, but uh, for other coaches, it's happened a lot. And that's one thing that we're trying to avoid. So when you, whether it's a star player or a backup or just a numbers kid, um, when they say, uh, when you give them that deadline and they don't respond to it, the comfort I give is that they were never going to respond. Love having you on the list. I don't, I'm terrible as a kid at saying no to adults. And so I'm always going to say yes to them. Usually, Hey, are we in your top five? Absolutely. You're in our top five. You know, when, when my daughter was getting recruited, you know, and she was filling out the forms and stuff, they'd send the questionnaires, list your top five schools. She, instinctively, she knew I should put this school in the top five, probably near the top, and because they're playing the game. And so they're going to play it right back at you. We need something that separates the wheat from the chaff. And uh, this is the best way that we've seen it happen. And along the way, again, the benefit is you as a program look stronger. You, you come across as a leader. You were the one that was directing everything as opposed to uh, whenever we hear a coach say, all right, hey, take your time, no problem. Hey, we're here when you want us. We'd love to have you, but go, you take a look at other schools. Now you're projecting that, you know, it's a weak program. We're gonna, we need, we're desperate for players. We just need people. And um, 
that's not a program, especially since we're mentioning star players, top prospects, that's definitely not what they're looking for. They're almost going to respond better to the coach uh, that says, we want you and we're going to be fair in the timeline, but now, you know, when it gets around this time, you know, mid to late February, I'm going to need a decision. And if you're not ready yet, that's okay, but then we got to move on. Because now you sound like a program that is, you know, that, that people want to be at and that you can't wait around. So, again, I, I rambled and went on a, a soapbox for a little bit, but uh, what <laughs> did all that make sense? Yeah, no, it's great. And I'm excited to listen to the podcast when it gets, you know, uploaded so I can, you know, yeah. get get the things that I probably missed. Uh, so I guess just a a side question with that, there's this recruit that, uh, I'm late to the game of getting contact. You know, he's told me that other schools are are talking to him. How do I play that? You know, how, how do, how do I be a firm coach and not let the, like another coach that could be leading him to a commitment? How do I like counter that? How, how do I, does that make sense? Like, how yeah. do I set a firm dime, timeline, try to get yeah. him to commit when I don't know the other coach, how he's leading him when he's going to ask him to commit? Like, yeah. how do and, I count? No, great question. And you can't, you can't base your strategy on what another coach does because you're never going to know what the other yeah. coaches are doing. And the kids won't usually tell you at least the complete truth, even if it's a partial truth. So if you feel like this is an athlete who I want, who is probably close to making a decision or I, I didn't set up these deadlines before, but now I I have an idea of what I could do. Um, you might tell him, uh, look, when you know things are moving along pretty fast, we got a lot of kids coming to campus. Um, you're one of the guys we really really want as a part of the program, um, and I don't want to pressure you. And we're not going to. We're going to be still time to decide and explore these other things that are happening late for you. But I need to tell you that probably here in the next, I'll just randomly say, month, month and a half, um, you know, or around, you know, mid to late November, we're probably going to wrap, be wrapping up our recruiting. And you can even say recruiting at your position if you wanted to, you know, my, to go micro a little bit on that. Um, and say, so we're, you know, you still got time, but is there anything else that you want to do with us or you need to answer from us to figure out if we're right for you here in these next five, six, seven weeks? And, and get the same reaction and buy-in from them. Had you, the same way that you would have done, had you done that at the very start of the process a year ago? Um, that's, that's kind of the way that I would, uh, would approach it. Be, again, so the timeline and the deadline fixes almost everything when it comes to the, um, you know, combating other coaches. Because first of all, other coaches usually aren't going to do that. And that's something that we, um, you know, we just think we have seen work very, uh, very well. So uh, again, every every recruiter is going to have their situation. And of course, they're selfish. They want it, you know, to accommodate them, and we can do that to a certain extent as long as it fits within the boundaries that that you establishes as the coach. So, you know, they have another three months to decide. That's what you've told them. Um, they thought they were ready in a week, but oh, there's this one more school that just popped on. Coach, I, I can't decide yet. I got to go visit that school. I'm the. I would be a coach who said, "Hey, I get it. You and you still got time. We're not going to be wrapping up our recruiting until you know three months from now." So. 
yeah, do that and let me know how it goes. Let me know what you like better about them or what, what we feel better. And, you know, let, let's talk about it after the visit. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, I think that's a very uh, playable situation that you just, that you just outlined. Um, it, but again, using what we're talking about as the timeline, the context for everything, because when you start doing this, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see kids respond completely differently to you than I think that they are right now. And we've seen coaches um, uh, that have implemented this and they're amazed that it's almost a totally different type of situation than that unfolds. It, it resets the context for everything. Um, we've had coaches and um, if uh, we have this Honey Badger recruiting site, the um, website that we actually show emails and text messages from recruits and, and, um, and coaches that, you know, go to this, this whole point of the turnaround that happens when you establish a timeline, they, they react completely differently. Why? Because they have a different perception of you now. You're a different type of coach, different type of program in their mind. You've redefined sort of how they should think of you and they now have something to follow. And I'll say too, sort of as we, as we start to wrap up and, um, and, you kind of you know make sure the questions are answered that they want to be led i mean if you think about it, they're an athlete you're a coach it's a natural thing that coach lead me tell me what i should do and i think it is frustrating for a lot of kids when a coach doesn't lead them when they don't when it is so passive that it seems like well i don't know what i should do and so i'm going to gravitate to the coach that you know is stronger and and directs me so i, th I think it would be, we should probably do a follow-up podcast in about six months or a year and go over like the changes that, that you've noticed um, in this, that, uh, that maybe has benefited the program. So I think you're going to notice a completely different tone and temperament uh, from most recruits. Spoiler alert, you will still lose most of your recruits <laughs> just like now, but we want to get the good ones early and we want to get, you know, I, I think the numbers will increase because let's also say we're talking about these top level star kids. What about the next level down? That is, you know, I'm good at my sport. I'm not great though. And there are other kids that are better than me, but I really want to play in college. Those are the ones that when you show them they're a priority, there's a timeline, they need to make a decision. I'm all over that. You know, the mentality of those types of kids that are the ones that they'll be in the weight room first. They'll stay after practice and work on, on skills because they really want to be there. Um, I'll build my program with a bulk of those kids and a couple of stars, uh, you know, sprinkled in at the top and then some other development players that might just be there for numbers, but then if I'm a good coach, I might develop them into some good, good athletes. Um, that's what I think will happen. Um, that's what I think will happen here. Um, if, uh, if it's executed, then again, the hard part is the first time you lose a kid, from a timeline, they say, okay, coach, I, I can't make my decision then. Um, so the answer is, I guess, no, I, I'm not going to be on your roster. And kills you because what if I had waited? And what I can tell you is that we have not interviewed a top-performing coach that's built a great program. They're just over year over year, they're just good. Never once has the door shut in their office and we're inside and they reveal how they built this program. Not once have they ever said, you know, our secret to building this program is we just give kids all the time they want. 
and that's how we've gotten this this big program. I've never ever heard that. And if that was a strategy that worked, I would be so excited to tell coaches, hey, the, the secret's out. All you have to do is wait. Give them more time. Be the one that gives them the most time. Doesn't work. And so there's a practicality to all this that once it's implemented, uh, it'll work. Yeah. Um, I had a, a couple of questions, but I don't want to take up too yeah. much more time. Um, so uh, if, if I'm an assistant coach, uh, this is a timeline is something that I have to communicate, like figure out with my head coach, right? Like this is something we've got to be on the, on the same page. Uh, yes. And- every, every, the, it's a program wide, um, everyone's on the same page. Yeah. And then the second question is kind of going back to my email about being, I don't want to be deceiving or dishonest. If someone gets on our, our radar late, let's say a month before the recruiting process wraps up, that's going to be an exception to the rule. I would, I would think, right. Or do I have to crunch it up, up to you? Um, what I would say is, um, so you could say this, that um, you you might say, uh, I've got, um, hey, you know, found out about you late, wish we had, you know, had more time in all this, but we're still going to give you time. We're not going to pressure you in the next day or two to make a decision, even though it's late. But I need to let you know, our recruiting is going to wrap up here in three or four weeks. Um, so we got a lot to do in the next three or four weeks. If you're good with that, want to get you to campus and look, we're, we're ready to move fast on this, but you know, are you ready? Could, you know, is that going to be enough time? You could approach it that way. And I think that's a good way to approach it. You could also say something like, look, our, most of our recruiting is going to wrap up here in the next three or four weeks, but you told me you already have visits scheduled, you know, month, month and a half from now at two other schools. I respect that. Um, if you're serious about us, I'll hold a roster spot while you do those visits, but I got to get you here to campus too within that time. Cause you know, I'm, I'm going to be holding off on other kids. So if you set up a scenario and the outline of why you're doing it, then you can do it individually. But I would, I would caution you against doing that with a bunch or that is the way that you do it with each of them. Because first of all, it's an organizational mess. Um, they will always ask for more time. Well, you gave me, basically you gave me this extra couple of weeks, coach. Can I have another couple of weeks? And now it's, you know, now you're in the back in the position of, of letting them control it. So I don't want to have you lose control. Um, I always want to frame it that, Hey, no pressure. We're going to give you a lot of time. You we're going to give you the next three or four weeks to make the decision that in, in, Let's define it as that's a lot of time. We're not going to say you got to pressure, you got to make a decision in 24 hours. We're not that program. We're going to give you three or four weeks or a month and a half or whatever it is. Um, define it as we're going to be fair. That is a lot of time. And in reality, what I have to remind coaches of is these kids don't go around thinking about college programs and who's recruiting them and which one should they choose. That's not on their mind most of the day. Um, what it allows them to do is like with all of us, we just get to push off a tough decision and that doesn't hurt them because they're going to have a place to play. They can commit. It hurts the coaches because they're waiting and waiting, and waiting and, the, and either not getting a number or not getting the next kid on the list because you're waiting for the kid just above them. That's where we've seen, you know, the struggle happen. So we just don't want that to happen. Gotcha. 
College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantutor.com. And do us a solid, Coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.